Utilizing a budget is the beginning of knowledge for increasing income. Hello, my name is Tanola Oliver. I am the COO of Elect Leadership Academy. I am also the host of the Making of the Mogul radio show and magazine. I am pleased to present with the LA Foundation, a five-day work intensive on household budgeting. This course is for the advanced and for the beginner. Key takeaways include budgeting for travel and entertainment, learning budgeting tactics to save, creating a plan that's easy to follow, knowing when to adjust budgets, and number five, really, what is the intentionality for creating budgets? My purpose and what I do best is reading budgeting statements and creating budgets. I've been doing it for several years for major corporations and organizations. I am bringing this particular skill set to your household to teach you how to look for opportunities where you're leaving money on the table for your household. You could be utilizing that money to save, or you could be utilizing that money to pursue your dreams. I'm excited about interacting with you in this particular five-day intensive workshop. And I'm also excited about helping you create opportunities for advancing your household budget and creating opportunities for income. Again, my name is Tanola Oliver. I am with the ELA Foundation. Look for the link to register and I'll see you soon. Live in the overflow. Peace. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. My name is Tanola Oliver, and I am the host of the Making of the Mogul radio show and magazine. I am excited today to talk about one of my exhibitions that I've been working on, painting exhibitions for the Candy Shop Company Art Gallery. And so the title of the expedition is the Black Barbie and Ken Exhibition. So I thought today would be the perfect opportunity just to talk somewhat about the introduction, the formation and the creation of the Black Barbie. And so I was doing some research and pulling up some information on the internet. And um, I did find an article that I wanna talk about Mattel's first African-American Barbie and around the time that it was created uh, and or cultivated and the time between when it was created and the time that it actually was brought to market, right? And so as a caveat, let me say, everybody knows that I am a strong proponent and advocate for multicultural engagement and personalities and all of that, right? As an African-American woman and a Native American woman, it was essential for me growing up to see my image in Barbies. And so I grew up in a time period, I talked about this, um, I wrote an article about this for um, for an organization um, out in, in another state. But anyhow, I talked about how essential it was for me to know that it was important to Mattel to present a piece of 
history or a piece of whimsical childhood experiences that I could account for that said that I had just as much value as my peers who were Caucasian or um, by Mattel finding it important and essential to create a Barbie whose skin tone looked like mine and whose features were similar to mine. Now, my features are a smidget different um, because I'm Native American. And so my nose and things of that nature somewhat have a different presentation to them. But at the end of the day, I'm an African-American woman. And to see the features and presentation, the hair, um, the body type, everything about the Black Barbie to be a representation of the demographic of women that I represented and was a part of was essential and amazing for me. And so I wrote an open letter in the Making of a Mogul magazine. If you subscribe to it, you will have access to the edition, which actually is released on tomorrow. And uh, you will be able to read that open letter to Mattel. In the process, I'm also attempting to place that open letter in the hands of the executives at Mattel because I am so essential. Like when, when I am offended when I shop or if I am offended when I'm served in public, I don't rest until somebody knows that I, am, I was offended by the service or um, that I don't like the treatment when I enter into an organization. I am a proponent and advocate about it until something is done, right? And I don't rest, right? Until I see new faces, until I see a new culture in an organization, whatever it takes, uh, because that is who I am. I, I'm an advocate. And so um, that is just who I am. And so it is equally important for me when I have a, a an experience that lends to the positivity of me being able to walk away from something and saying, wow, that added value to my day, that added um, a positive reinforcement to my psyche, or that was an amazing experience. I am equally enforcive about ensuring that the organization knows that as well. And so I am intentional and uh, relentless about getting this letter to an executive's hands at Mattel. And I've been working on that. But anyhow, let me provide to you the details that I've read about Mattel. And so I, um, in, uh, fe on February 24th, 2020, this article was, um, this article was posted and uh, 2020 was the 40th year of the first Black Barbie debut. And so let me also say this before I read this um, information. If you, um, any African-American woman who played with Barbie during your childhood, uh, I want to talk to you. I want to interview you. And so the way you can reach me is Tanola.Oliver at Elect Leadership Academy. 
Facebook.com, Tanola.Oliver at elect a leadership academy.com. All right. Thank you so much. And so Mattel's first African-American Barbie didn't take, uh, did not debut or was not, was cultivated in the late 1970s, uh, 1979 to be exact. Then it became available for purchase in 1980. Now, of course, Mattel is making dolls that reflect all body types, skin tones, and physical abilities. To commemorate the 40th anniversary of this breakthrough, Mattel commissioned a reimagined of that historic doll. During Black History Month, the reissue of the first ever Black Barbie seems to be an ideal talking point. It was originally designed by Bill Greening. This is not a piece-by-piece recreation of the landmark doll. Rather, it is a brand new creation that was influenced and inspired by the original. I hope people feel that it's a fitting tribute to the original. I hope I'm doing the doll justice. And I hope collectors embrace the new doll. I hope maybe they display it side by side with the original and the new version and see how the beauty of Black Barbie transcends time, Greening said in a Mattel statement. Greening has a personal connection to this doll. Black Barbie was initially designed by his Mattel mentor and personal hero, Luventia Kitty Black Perkins. <laughs> Luventia Kitty Black Perkins. Perkins is a legend among Barbie collectors and among the toy industry as a whole. For over 25 years, she's guided the creative pool of talent at Mattel. She served as the chief designer of fashion and doll concepts and helmed the Barbie division as it explored new territory and things. A South Carolina native, Perkins never owned a Barbie during her childhood. She was born in 1948 when the South was very much a segregated region. It would have been unlikely that a little black girl would ask her parents for the blonde swimsuit fashion doll. And so, what I want to point out here um, as we talk about this. So Greening created the anniversary, 40th anniversary Black Barbie, Black, um, Mattel Black Barbie in 2020, right? I think it, it is really important to say that Greening is a Caucasian male. The original creator of the first Mattel Barbie, which was created in 1979, but was not available for purchase until 1980, was created by a Black woman named Luvinja Kitty Black Perkins. I think it is also important to highlight the relationship between Bill Greening and his mentor, which was an African-American woman from the South, whose name was Kitty, I'm sorry, her name was Luvinja Kitty Black Perkins. And he refers to her as a living legend who changed 
the face of the fashion doll world. And and the the um, picture of her um, inside of this magazine article was courtesy of Southern Carolina Foundation for Education Leadership. And so I am just like, I am just excited. Um, I'm excited about the article. I'm excited about the um, exhibition that I'm working on. And I just wanted to take a moment to pull away um, because I, I have been working very strategically on these two exhibitions. My time has been um, very consumed. And I just wanted the opportunity to touch base with my audience to also inform you that uh, the next edition of the Making of the Mogul magazine will uh, issue on tomorrow. So it will distribute on tomorrow. If, in fact, you have not subscribed, it's only $7 per month to have access to the Making of the Mogul radio show episodes, which allows you to have access to requesting archived interviews with uh, celebrities and various personalities. In addition to, you will receive the quarterly magazine. And so I'm excited. I am so excited just about the direction of culture, right? And so when we talk about culture today, right, um, this is 2023, we're talking about the transcending of the lines of demarcation, right? And so now we have an, a Caucasian man who is just as excited about creating a rendition of the work, the artistic ability and style of, of his African-American female mentor who created and cultivated the first African-American Barbie that had beautiful features and, um, and, and resembled very much the counterpart, right, of the Caucasian Barbie, had the same luxuriousness and beauty, right? And he was able to follow up with that for the addition of the 40-year um, anniversary Barbie. And I think that that is just a perfect example of where we are in society or where we're attempting to move to. And as I, as I've already mentioned, I said, that is the, the transcending of cultures where people don't have to disown um, the, their original culture, but have the ability to have an appreciation for someone else's culture and to show respect and honor for someone else's culture, void of jealousy or envy, but just an honor and a reverence for something that's different from them, potentially may not even have um, any, may not have any kinship to, right? Because we're saying, an, we're saying a male Caucasian, right, created a black Barbie, right? And that is, 
that is just for me it speaks volumes about the culture of the organization of Mateo without me having to excuse me without me having to talk to anybody um, without me having to interview anybody and without me having a conversation with any of the employees to this date now while I'm working on that right um, it, it speaks volumes for the culture that is already culminated and has been culminated there since I was a little girl. And um, I cannot say enough, like, where am I going with this conversation? I cannot say enough the importance of diversity in leadership and organizations. Like, Mattel's sustainability um in 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 the economic all of the economic turmoil that we've experienced in the past 20 to 30 years Mattel has been sustainable and there is a reason why Mattel has been sustainable because they are not shy about diversity and they are not shy about diversity and leadership and um this woman um, Kitty looks like me, right? When I say she looks like me, I'm saying her complexion is like me. Um, her features look like me. Uh, it speaks volumes for the company of Mattel. And I hope that they are setting the bar for organizations to look and see the importance of leadership and the importance of diversity in leadership, the importance of mentorship from a diversified talent pool, right? So essential. And I cannot express that enough, right? So when we talk about how do we transcend culture, cultures, how do we push the needle forward on diversity? Um, how do we how do we coexist amongst one another in a society in a country where we're all allowed to maintain our own beliefs right we do that by having a understanding of who we are and then being able to appreciate who someone else is but not having to be forced to take on that belief and not forcing people to take on our beliefs, right? And so we're talking about cultures and environments where there is neutrality in the ability to exercise your own personification, right? Without oppression. And I just today in this moment want to admonish and celebrate Mattel. And I am so determined to get this letter in the hands of an executive at Mattel because I it is so important for me at this um th at this season of my journey as an African American and Native American woman, um through artistic expression to demonstrate my appreciation for a company who thought it not robbery to add a value of whimsical 
appreciation and value to my childhood, right? And so I've been painting all day and I need to return back to what I'm doing before my, while my paintbrushes, um, I don't, I don't feel like switching my paintbrushes out. So I need to get back in here and do some painting. And, um, my name is Tanola Oliver. Uh, let, let's talk about, oh, let's talk about Perkins a little bit. I didn't realize that they had her biography in here. So Luviana Kitty Black Perkins, um, who was the Mattel mentor for Bill Greening. Um, it says after she graduated high school, Perkins packed up and headed to West, what to, headed to the West Coast. She graduated from the Los Angeles Trade Technical College with an associate's degree in fashion design in 1971. After working in the fashion industry for a few years, she began to grow restless and wanted to do more. While pursuing the employment pages, she answered a blind ad for Mattel and was called in for an interview. In order to understand whom she'd be designing for, she purchased her first ever Barbie. Perkins got the job. By 1978, she was principal designer for Barbie and her opportunity to advocate for a black Barbie doll became a dream come true. Even though there had been black dolls in, Barbie, in the Barbie universe, these were, um, they were not primary players in the Barbie brand. They were friends of Barbie's, not the leading lady herself. If Mattel were a rom-com, Barbie was Meg Ryan or Kate Hudson or Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> the black dolls were the dependable and supportive best friends. Think Octavia Spencer, Yvette, Nicole Brown, or Sherry Shepard. Perkins decided that it was time for a doll of color to step out from the shadows and live her own life in the, fore in the foreground. In the 1960s, there were three black fashion dolls from Mattel. Francie, 1967. Christy, 1968. Julia, 1969. How strange then that it took more than a decade later before Barbie would reflect a whole different segment of the population. Barbie offers a new way for children to imagine and play. With that in mind, knowing that the Afro-American community was really looking for something they could identify with and that children could be proud of, I think we achieved that with the Black Barbie doll Perkins stated in an official Mattel press release. I feel that doll was an influence on how we do our Black Barbie dolls now and how we're now making Barbie dolls that have different shapes and sizes. It's not all just one figure, she asserted. I think that's a good thing because children can look at the doll and choose the one that is more like themselves. I think it's easier to play with the doll that way. When Perkins first created the Black Barbie, she wanted the doll to exude confidence and glamour. She wanted the doll to be sophisticated and special. Perkins was very much enamored with Diana Ross, and she used that recording star silhouette and theatrical glamorous style 
as her touchstone. Also, when I design something, I imagine that it would be something that I would wear if I was in that particular situation Perkins shared. If it's not something that I would wear, then I don't think it would be something the children would like and something the African-American parents would embrace. Since its reveal in 1980, Black Barbies have become a staple of the Mattel brand. It would be unfathomable to produce a line of fashion dolls that marginalize the African-American consumer. In 2010, in the honor of the 30th anniversary of the groundbreaking doll, Mattel invited Bill Greening to do an updated tribute. It was packed as part of the My Favorite Barbie series. It was a reproduction of the original Kitty Black Perkins costume and packaging. It also included a bonus costume done in the glitzy, ornate style of the time. And so um, I could go on to say more. Uh, but that's the gist of the article. And so, um, there still is a, 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 a huge difference between the original and the one Greening did. And really that's just perception, right? Um, Kitty was an African-American woman. Um, and how she seen the beauty of African-American women was through the lens and the perspective of how she seen herself. Um, it very much looks like a rendition of herself. And then when her mentor did the um, remake of it, the doll looks a lot more like some of the, it looks different. Right. But again, it is the lens and the perspective of which we see beauty. And so his his lens and perspective of how he sees beauty um, is different from how Kitty seeing beauty. And so the Barbie looks like Kitty. This Barbie looks a lot different. Um, but she is still glamorous. Her features are just different. Um. And so I wanted to read that article. Um, I wanted to talk about the importance of diversity and mentorship. I wanted to talk about the importance of African-American women in diversity, particularly um, if organizations or as a culture, as a nation, if we're attempting to move the needle forward on um, diversification of products and services and sustainability in organizations and companies. And, um, I think Mattel has set the bar for that. And, um, I hope that many organizations will look, see, and, um, want to pursue the intentionality that Mattel has obviously been able to create this culture within their organization several, several years. And so um, my name is Tanola Oliver. What is really my primary purpose in saying all of this? You have the ability as an enthusiast, right? Maybe you own a museum or a gallery or an organization that you would like to display 
some of the pieces from the Black Barbie and Ken exhibition, you can email me at tanola.oliver at electleadership.com. If you would like also um, as an uh, individual and an enthusiast of art, you can also email me and we can set up a time for you to have a private showing. And so uh, uh, the email address is tanola.oliver at electleadership.com. As always, if you would like to sow a love offering into the ELA Foundation, you can do so at dollar sign S-A-L-T-R-O-O-M. And um, I'm Tanola Oliver, and this is the Making of the Mogul Show, radio show and magazine. Until we see each other again, live in the overflow. If you have not signed up for any of the free financial classes, I'm in the process of putting together a free budgeting class for just ordinary households. What does what does each line item look like? What should it represent when you create a budget for your family and for your household? What does that look like? And so I am putting together that um, that workshop. The workshop will be free. Um, you again, you can email me at tanola.oliver at electleadershipacademy.com and um, I will sign you up for the workshop. I think it'll probably be the workshop that I run for the rest of this year and we'll probably do it mm, maybe every other week. All right. And so um, I'm signing off. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Um, thank you for trusting um, just my voice in, in, in this space. Um, thank you for helping me to cultivate this safe space until we see each other again live in the overflow. Peace.